What's up? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, and I'm hanging out with my man Chris Palme, okay? Chris does a podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP Podcast, every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and his YouTube channel. Make sure everybody tunes in, okay, to my man Chris Palme's podcast. Again, it's every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you guys check them out. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to uh, Live with CDP on this Saturday, July 3rd at uh, 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 on the West Coast time. I'm looking forward to my guest today, who I'll bring on shortly. Uh, her name is uh, LaMonica Peters. She's a reporter for CBS 8 in San Diego, California. And she's done uh, reporting for a few other places as well. So I really appreciate LaMonica giving me some uh, uh, time to come on today with Live with CDP podcast. Just give me one minute, guys, and I will bring uh, Miss Peters on one second. And I'm just going to... Put that on, and uh, good afternoon or good morning. Should oh, I? Oh, it's actually still morning. We got about thirty minutes <laughs> before we get to noon. Okay, yeah, because it's two thirty here. So, but yeah, uh, I did have a guest on last week from Australia, and they were fourteen hours ahead of me. Wow! But it actually worked. The podcast actually worked uh, from her being in Australia. It's just okay. amazing. It's just amazing the technology uh, nowadays, eh? Indeed, indeed. It's made life a little easier, I would I would think. So you can hear and see me okay? I can. Can you hear and see me? Yep, no problem. And I always um check with people too. And um with StreamYard, it does it just seems to work a little better with uh Google uh Chrome than it does with the other systems. Okay. I think I'm on Chrome, so we should be good. Yes, I can hear you like you're next door. Okay. So how are you doing today? Okay. I am well, yeah. Feeling rested. I've been off for a couple of days, so yeah. A nice little, nice little break. I'm off yeah. of my current job now for two weeks, so I'm going to enjoy my time off. Good, good. You always need rest. It's so important. Definitely, especially when you're working a, a shift work. Like if you're working uh, days or afternoons or midnights, yeah. too, your body does need a break. Yes, it does. It does. I work nights myself, which I actually enjoy. I'm not complaining. Um, but, you know, you still got to get your rest in. You just need days off where you don't have to think about anything except for what you want to think about. Like, you can just be mentally drained. It's not even always physical. But, you know, in my job, I do a lot of writing. So I'm always having to think and to make sure that I, you know, have things correct. It's just a lot of details. Yes, and I and I had uh, your coworker on a couple weeks ago, Carlene, and yeah. I had another nice uh, reporter from Atlanta on this week as well. So um, originally, my podcast when I started it just over a year ago, it was kind of a sports podcast. It still is, but now I'm trying to sp- uh, branch out and try to interview people from other professions as well because I like to ask questions and I like to learn new things all the time on on my podcast. Okay. Well, I know a little sports too. So if you want to drop some of that in there, we can, we can, we can talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what sports do you like? I, I love the NBA. I love basketball. I grew up a Lakers fan. I have been for a, quite some time. That will never change. Um, I went to UCLA, so I'm a Bruin. I'm always supporting everything they do. Um, sports wise, of course. Um, I'm not really a big NFL fan, but I can watch it. So those those three mainly okay. UCLA, the Lakers. I can do some NFL. 
I did have William McGinnis from a USC on here to do my promo because he played his college ball with them before he, he got drafted by the Patriots in 94. I got to tell you this, this cameo is great too, because I've actually made some contacts on there and some of them have been nice enough to come on my podcast or, or give me, or, or give me a, a opening intro. I'd love to have music for my opening intro, but unfortunately Facebook and YouTube and uh, the yeah. copyright, uh, they don't like that. So I have to stick to uh, being crazy creative on my podcast with the uh with uh celebrities or people giving me shout outs on my opening i liked it it was nice thank you and i'm changing the name of my podcast from 30 minutes live with cdp because uh most of my uh guests have been great and most of my interviews have been uh more than a half an hour so i just figured i'd change it to now live with cdp that way there's no time constraints in that and always do check with my guests too ahead of time to see what they are what they're like for time wise in that yeah. Well, I would like to do 30. Um, okay. If that's okay. at all possible. Um, yeah. Just got a few things to do, but I'm enjoying, you know, being here for sure. Okay. No problem. And like I said, I appreciate that. And yeah. um, okay. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Oh, by the way, for sports, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. So ah. we're a rival of the Lakers. We beat you are you not, you are not. We you beat not. you two out of three times. Yeah, 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 but we have 17 rings. So that doesn't really make you a rival. That was yeah. kind of like just an era. I, I don't think the Pistons have, have made any noise since then. So no, we're we going to go back. there, but our, our rivals were actually the Boston Celtics. I know, but we're going to be back on top. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be back on top soon. We did get hey, to the number one draft Well, Good luck. But you know what? It was good for basketball. And to me, the 80s, it was the golden era of the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I would have to agree with that. Because my, yeah. my all-time favorite player is Isaiah Thomas. And um, like I said, they, the Pistons really should have three-peated before the Bulls did. But you know what? It was still a great rivalry. And uh, hopefully we get that Pistons-Lakers rivalry back together. Yeah, I think the Pistons were more of a rivalry with Chicago. I don't yes. I don't even think of the Pistons when I think about the Lakers battles. Like It's yeah. like a little blurb in history. It's, yeah. not, it's not on my radar as a longtime yeah. Lakers fan. I, I think that Eastern Conference Finals, you should keep your rivals there. Yeah, you know what I mean, unless you went head. I mean, the Lakers literally battled the Celtics for a decade in the championship. I'm not talking about the conference. I'm talking about for a championship. Championship. So that's true. That to me makes them our biggest rival. Well, the '88 NBA Finals, which was a seven-game classic, we did. We you guys came on the top end of that, but the Pistons in '04 did get the revenge for the '88 team, so uh, that kind of made up for it. But that you know what? Make them rivals, though. I don't understand yeah. why you keep yeah. trying to make the Pistons well, like on the Lakers level. They are not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm well, sorry, Chris. <laughs> they are not. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, we're gonna. <laughs> It's okay to disagree to disagree. So, but uh, hopefully, like I said, uh, the Pistons will be back on top soon because they do have uh, a lot of young players, and and it's good for basketball too. Because, yeah. like I said, uh, and and this year it's kind of be refreshing with new teams like Phoenix and the. I know you're probably not a Clippers fan, but they haven't had much success. Not. They haven't had much success, but it was good to see them get to the third round. And then Milwaukee and Atlanta. So you know what? It's kind of kind of good for the sport too to have a little fresh fresh blood too. I know with, as a Lakers yeah. fan, you don't want to see that, but uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. We're going to win again regardless. So it doesn't matter who's coming up. We we are uh, we are like one of the best franchises in sports history. So it's, That's true. it's not. 
That's true. We're not That's worried true. about it. We're we we will just like be we back. did last year. We'll have you'll, another champion. You'll be you'll be back. You'll be back just like the like the Yankees in uh, exactly. baseball, Montreal yes. Canadiens in hockey. So yes. Yes. yes, and the Celtics and the Celtics too. Yeah, the, exactly. yeah that's true. So when that's you true. have a winning legacy, you don't really yeah. worry. It's okay for someone else to win, you know, yeah. occasionally here and there, or yeah. mix it up a little bit. But yeah. I don't ever worry about the Lakers not having a, a ring within a five-year period. Like it's gonna yeah. happen at some point. Yeah. At least you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan because I'm a Philadelphia nah. Eagles fan. So the Eagles, Cowboys, <laughs> I cannot stand Dallas. But even if you did, I'd still like you. But as long as you don't like I'm Dallas, I'm not a Cowboys okay. fan. <laughs> okay. You're good with space. So, okay. okay. I'm going to start with some questions, okay? Because sure. I don't want to be too long. Uh, first one I was going to ask is uh, can you tell my audience just a little bit about yourself and when did you know you wanted to pursue a career in broadcasting as a uh, journalist slash reporter? Well, um, I grew up in Los Angeles. I was born in St. Louis, but raised in Los Angeles, California. Um, and honestly, I've been a performer pretty much my whole life. I was a theater kid. So just being in front of people and talking is something I kind of always done. Um, but I didn't know exactly how that would all pan out until a little later in life. But I can remember being in... Um, high school, we would go to the local radio station because um, I was a part of the leadership of the school and we would, uh, you know, read out the top 10 songs of that week or whatever it was. And so, and we would do the Cougar News. I went to Crenshaw High School in LA. And so we would do that on closed circuit TV. And it was just always something that appealed to me. So when I went to college, um, I majored in communications. I went to UCLA, which does not have a typical journalism program because the UC system is kind of theory based and not, um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, application. They're more applied. Um, I guess like at USC or Northridge, they have actual programs that teach you how to be a journalist. So I kind of had to teach myself this Um a little later on in life because I did not have journalism classes, but I do have a communication studies degree um, from UCLA. And so um, initially when I graduated from college, I became a teacher. I had a lot of teachers in my family. I did not know how to get into news and that's no one's fault. I just didn't ask the right questions to the right people, but um, no regrets. Everything happens when it's supposed to. Um, and so yeah, I realized a little later, like you, Chris, that that was not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of people who are passionate, and I just believe that when you have a career, it, be, it should be something that you love to do, something that you you know can do for free, which I definitely have done. <laughs> so, um, you know, I made the decision to pursue my career in journalism. I started off in radio in Los Angeles. I worked um, at KPFK, which is a public radio station. Um, I also, and when I say worked, I mean, I worked for free, learning the business, interning. I know a lot mm -hmm. of young people don't like to do that anymore, but that's how I was able to get in because I was not a college student. So I had to learn somehow. Um, yeah, I worked at KGLH, which is an urban radio station owned by CB Wonder. I just, you know, I did what I could to get my foot in the door to have something on my resume. So um, eventually I made my way into a television newsroom and the rest is history. 
That was uh, back in 2010 when I started in radio. Okay. You just answered my next two questions. But what I want to ask you is, yeah. did you, I, I do this with all my guests. Um, did you have a mentor as well or mentors when you were first starting out that kind of gave you some advice and some guidance? Not really, because what I was doing um, was not conventional. I mean, I was a fully grown adult with a full grown life and bills and responsibilities. No, I wasn't married or did or had children, but you know, I was an adult. I was not a 20 something kid coming out of college. So there wasn't really a whole lot that people could tell me about breaking into the business. I just had to figure it out. And I did that. I, um, uh, there's a guy uh, in LA, his name is Jay Jackson. He had a, a, a program where he would make a reel for you. Um, as a news reporter, he did this for people coming out of college who didn't have a lot of experience or have a tape. And that's how I got my first tape done. I had never been in a newsroom before, but I'm smart. I figured I could figure it out. And I did. So um, that's how I kind of segued from radio to television. And it felt like forever, but it really only took me about four, about four months to find a job. And I knew I would have to leave California to do that because in our industry, you start in small markets as a reporter. You don't start in L.A. because you really don't know what you're doing. It takes time to yes. learn whether you went to journalism school or not. There's nothing like being out in the field and learning how to be a reporter. So you go to these small towns. And that's what I did. I was going to say, and the volunteering is very important and the internships right now. Uh, my volunteer work uh, with Rogers TV, which is a major cable company out of Toronto, mm -hmm. I got put on put on hold with the COVID, but I should be back with them shortly because we're finally reopening up in Ontario. And I was doing camera work for hockey games like uh, the Ontario Hockey League, which is a, a feeder league for the NHL. And it was great just being able to do it. I was nervous as hell when I first started, yeah. but but the producer and everybody was great with me. They made me feel like a part of a team, and I'm going to learn as much as I can from Rogers TV when I get back there, and uh, I'm just hoping with my podcast I've done for over a year and two, three times a week, I'm going to keep working at this, and hopefully somebody will notice my work at some point, and my goal is to one day have an opportunity in radio. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally understand it. Go for it. I'm always encouraging people to pursue their dreams, whatever is going to, you know, keep you getting up in the morning, because I didn't want to get up to go to a, a teaching job in the morning anymore. And I was like, wait a minute, something has to give. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't want to do this for the next 30 years of my life. You know what I mean? And so yeah. now I feel like I finally found my purpose. Because it is a purpose. It's a, it's a calling for me. I, I would not have gone through all of that if, if I didn't feel that way. And so, yes, telling people stories is what I do. Well, and like I said, I got a taste of doing camera work with a, a semi-pro basketball team here a couple years ago. And I had never done camera work before. They threw me on during a game and I was like, oh my God. And then the producer showed me what to do and they were actually impressed with my work. They actually paid me for doing uh, half a game. And, they, and then they they referred me to Rogers TV and they accepted me. And, uh, and then the podcast came along and... Uh, I've just been trying to get better and better at this and building contacts and having great guests like yourself come on. And, 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 and it's just hard work, dedication and passion. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Okay. And that's going to lead to me to my next, next question, by the way. Um, how, I guess uh, my question is how important was volunteering internship in assisting you in your career? 
Uh, for me, it was really important. Um, most importantly, not so much in television, but it just gave me a chance to be, you know, in, in a broadcast environment. You know, it gave me something to put on my resume. You know, when you don't have any experience, then you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You know, I got up early in the morning. I, I, you know, went there on the weekends, you know, not the entire weekend, but I did, you know, volunteer, you know, a good 10 to 12 hours a week, um, you know, trying to do that. And, and I needed it. You just need to be able to get in an environment and see whether or not it's something you want to do you know, before you jump over the ledge to, you know, make it all happen. It's it's a good experience. Now, I don't recommend it, you know, long term because people have to feed themselves. They need yeah. money. You still have to go to work. I never quit my job. Yeah. Um, you know, I found other times to make it happen. So, you know, and there's going to have to be sacrifices made. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm at my current job right now, work at midnights. And mm -hmm. um, some of my guests, and I'm, I'm still working, making some money, paying my bills. And, and that schedule is actually allowing me to do this during the yep. daytime. And some of my guests, they can only come out at certain times in the morning. So some of my podcasts, I'm coming off of zero sleep. And that's what everybody has pretty well said to me. You have to make sacrifices mm -hmm. uh, as well in this industry as well. And you have to be flexible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's with anything, though, anything you're pursuing. It doesn't you know, it's not just, you know, oh, this is a second career or I'm trying to make this happen. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to have to sacrifice something, whether it's time, sleep, whatever, um, you know, some money. It's it's all about what you feel is worth it. And, uh, and it, it won't be easy. No, it won't be. And uh, it took me 47 and a half years, but the last year, year and a half, I found something I really love doing. And I'm lucky with this social media now. I can yeah. do my own podcast from home. And I wish they had this tools 20, 25 years ago. I know, right? <laughs> yes. So I'm starting a little later in life, but you know what? There's other people. I had a comedian on a couple weeks ago. He's, yeah. He changed careers at 66, and he's now been on America's Got Talent at 80 years old. Absolutely. It's never too late. As long as you are alive and well and healthy enough to do what you want to do. I've uh, read stories about people going back to school, going back to college in their 60s or 70s. It's it's never too late. It's all about what you want to achieve. So that's um, kudos. Yeah. Thank you. Like I said, so, and I really appreciate you uh, coming on as well. I, I, I just tell yeah. people what I'm doing. I be myself and uh, people have been great. Like the first few months I did this, I couldn't really get guests on, but I just kept working at improving. And then finally guests started coming on and I've been doing guests on my podcast straight for about six months now. Oh, great. Well, wonderful. That's the so, way you make it happen. Definitely. Okay. Uh, my next question for you too is uh, what do you love about the profession as a reporter and what is the hardest aspect if there is any? Uh, let's start with uh, the good stuff first. What do I love about reporting? I love being able to tell stories. Um, I think that television, social media is, is extremely powerful. I think that um, there are still, with all of the, the media outlets that we have, there are still stories that don't get told, that aren't heard, especially in communities of color. And that's one of the reasons why um, I love what I do, because I know that I'm able to impact people's lives and not just people of color, but all of us. 
um, all of us need to know what's happening with um, communities, communities that I'm not a part of, I get to learn about. So that makes my job interesting and fun. And I just kind of like, I don't know, I feel empowered when I'm when I'm doing my job. And, um, you know, it was it wasn't always easy. It was a struggle because I had to, you know, learn the hard way, sink or sink or swim and, you know, teach myself how to be, you know, a decent journalist. And I think I've accomplished that. But, yeah, that's what I love about it most is being able to tell stories and, and hopefully enlighten, educate, sometimes entertain people. Um, that's what is most important to me. Now, the hardest part of it. Whew, let's see. Maybe that's twofold, that answer. Dealing with social media now, which is something I did not have to deal with when I first got into the business, believe it or not, social media, Facebook, all that stuff's really young. We didn't have to have when I first started, when I got my first job. And now it is like everything. And everybody wants to know what your numbers are like online. Are people watching this story? And, you know, how many people are following you and all this stuff. And then... You know, people are chiming in with their opinions and you, you know, can't or shouldn't really, you know, tell people what you're really thinking about it. So that, that can be a little hard, especially for somebody like me um, to kind of like always have to, you know, watch what I say, you know, who I'm responding to or how I'm responding to them. But I think I've managed to, you know, keep my job so far <laughs> without, uh, you know ruining anything um, as far as that's concerned. So just dealing with social media and how crazy and wild social media can be um, is a, it's a, it's a little tough. And anything else that's hard? I don't know. I'm in such a good space right now. I've been through some things in my career, but I'm in such a good space right now. I don't even, you know, there's really not much I, I have to complain about. Um, with with my job, with my coworkers, with my bosses, I'm I'm really good. So um, I would just say, yeah, dealing with the social media aspect of what I do is a little tricky. And I'm sort of learning that too because my platforms, I have 12 platforms here, and I um, I try to keep certain things off my podcast, like my current job family stuff, oh. uh, politics, religion, I, I kind of avoid it. And I want to focus on sports or interviewing someone like yourself, a reporter or other professions. I have comedians on here. So I try to keep this podcast entertaining. And I, I just, there's certain things where I, it doesn't need to be on social media. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I, I post stories. It's not even personal stuff that I'm talking yeah. about, but then I still have to deal with, you know, the comment section. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not that, I should even turn it on. You know, it can I be mean? tough. So, I see. I yeah, see it's, it. yeah. it's not even my personal stuff because I don't put right. a lot of personal stuff. You know, I, I open up occasionally, but I also have a personal page and a work page. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not even, you know, personal stuff. It's just the, some of the things, you know, that people are saying nowadays, it, it can be a little... The trolls. Basically yeah, the trolls, the trolls, basically, the trolls. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can be troll for just doing the story. You know what I mean? True. Like it happened. It's not my fault. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying this is what happened. And then you'll get you know nasty tweets and someone's you know being snarky on your. And I'm just like, dude, I'm just the messenger. Like I don't really need this. And uh, yeah, so that that takes some getting used to. 
you sort of you you have to have thick skin, especially with social media. You you absolutely do. You absolutely do. And I don't mind uh, using my block button either. I, I don't have a problem with it because I'm not going to be harassed all day and night, no, you know, by somebody should. sitting behind a yeah. computer screen that I don't even know. I'm like, you're out of yeah. here. So yeah. yeah. That's the that's where they have the block buttons. For. Right, exactly. That's what they have it for. So if you Definitely. get too outrageous, I'm just gonna block you. I'm not even gonna, you know, go back and forth. Definitely. Okay, my next question for you, because uh, like I said, I'm gonna try to keep you at a half an hour. Um, okay. What are some of the the major differences between radio and television since you've done both? And I'm looking to get into radio eventually. So I thought I'd ask you this. Well, you know, I haven't been in radio in, in about a decade, um, but for me, as an African-American woman, there's not a lot of space for my voice in radio. Um, a lot of talk radio is, is conservative and dominated by white males. So it's like, hmm, is this something that I really want to do? I mean, you could try and go into, I mean, if you like music, and I, I like music, but I really saw myself as more of a talk news kind of person. So there's not a lot of space there for somebody who looks like me and, you know, may think like I think. And at the time, I just didn't know how to create that space. Now, like you said, we have podcasting now. So, you know, if, if, if I had had this 10 years ago, who knows where I'd be? But we didn't have that then. It, it wasn't a thing. And so you were on... Um, I think I want to say, uh, what do you call it? A uh, serious XM and all those things were coming up too, but you still had to kind of have a name for yourself to even, you know, get on that. So it just, it just wasn't to me a viable option at the time. So that's one of the major differences. Um, television's been around since, you know, the fifties or the forties. So totally different. And honestly, I just think um, medium wise, your reach um, in television can be a little, larger, um, especially at that time, is, is what the difference was for me. But, you know, technically, they're two totally different mediums. You know, you're sitting in a studio with all these buttons, you know, to press for radio and television, of course, is completely different. I don't even have to be in a studio. And so um, I actually kind of enjoy that part of it, being out um, every day, I'm going to be somewhere different as a, a television news reporter for the most part, unless there's a story that, you know, like the condo situation in Florida where, you know, nine times out of 10, we'll be covering that until it's yeah. actually over. So, but for the most part, you're, you know, a, a general assignment reporter with something different to talk about every day and you're out in the field doing that. So um, those are two, two or three of the, the major differences okay. between the two mediums. Okay, and next question for you because I'm trying to keep it to 30 minutes. Uh, okay, well, it's okay. We'll go a little over. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But okay, go ahead, perfect. Chris. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I do like to ask a lot of questions, but it's uh, okay. I, I try do to, it. Okay, because I like to condense them. I was reading up on your bio too. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was how much of an adjustment was it uh, to move around in your career? I guess you're from LA or St. Louis. You were born and from LA. You ended up going to Greenville, uh, Mississippi. Um, to uh, Buffalo, New York for a short time with Spectrum News, I believe. I was yes. just wondering how much of an adjustment it was to move around a little bit. Oh, it was it was huge. It was huge. Um, if I had known how huge it would be, I probably wouldn't have done it. And it's a good thing that I didn't know what an adjustment it would be. I mean, you're just, 
um, you know, I've been in California all of my life. So, um, yeah, just having to move across the country. I was by myself. Nobody was coming with me. You're in a completely different environment, um, you know, trying to fit in, not fit in, whatever it is. And I didn't always fit in, which is fine. But, yeah, it's a huge adjustment. It was an adjustment emotionally. It was an adjustment financially because, you know, you're moving to these small markets where they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be able to pay you. They're paying you like you're a kid out of college. But I wasn't a kid out of college. So <laughs> I still had, you know, financial responsibilities, um, which, you know, at some point I just couldn't pay. But, um, yeah, it was it was a huge adjustment each time. I mean, I started making more money, of course, as I moved up in my career. But it's still not what I'm used to. You know, Buffalo, New York is not L.A., you know, Greenville and Columbus. That's not L.A. You know, I also worked in Seattle. That's not California. So, you know, it's an adjustment everywhere you go. It's just about your mental capacity to be able to cope. And no, it's not easy. And yes, you do need a support system um, somewhere, somehow. Um, emotionally is what I what I mean most importantly. But yeah, you you're going to need uh, some support to, to gonna, be able to make that happen. I was gonna say, um, I guess I'm starting out a little later in life, like yourself as well. And also, um, I'm not married with kids right now, so if I do get an opportunity uh, in radio at somewhere in Ontario or even in the cool. states. I'm going to take that opportunity because you have to start somewhere. You just don't yep. get in this industry, TV, radio, whatever you're doing as a career and start out big. You have to start out. You got to start out yep. small and then work your way up. Absolutely. And and everybody that you and I both look up to in the industry have done the same thing. So, you know, um, again, it's a little different for the generation behind us because they have YouTube and they have podcasting and they have all these other things. But even that, it starts small. You're not going to start off with a million followers. You know what I mean? No. It takes time to build that up, no matter what medium you're using. Um, yep. You know, so, yeah, that's important to know. And yes, I think that's a smart um, path to take if it if it opens up to you. Be OK with, you know, picking up and going, especially if you're not responsible for other people, then it yep. should be a lot easier for you to yes. be able to do that. Yeah. Definitely. And I got some people that are like, ah, your ratings aren't that great. And it's like everybody that I talk to on here says, don't worry about your views. Just get your exposure and keep getting your reps and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. None of us were that great. I mean, yeah. nobody started off being great. Tom Brady was not great when he first started off. He became great. He worked yes. hard and worked made himself yeah. great. Yep. Like if that is what happens, um, I can, you know, look back on some of my old stuff and I'm like, oh, Lord, thank God for improvement. You know what I mean? So yes. you have to start somewhere. And, you know, those same people just maybe have never tried to do what you're doing. So they don't really understand, you know, the mentality that it takes. You have to crawl before you walk. Yep. So. 
Yeah, and I was yeah. going to say, and I'm a, I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan, and I remember ah. Brady in Michigan in the 90s, and he was basically a backup quarterback, and then he finally exactly. and then he finally took over from Brian Greasy and Drew Henson, and they finally he he started getting it, and then uh, when the Patriots drafted him, I was at his first uh, game in uh, 2000, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, against the Niners at Canton, Ohio, and I still got the ticket stub. He was a four string quarterback on the Patriots uh, in that 2000 preseason game, and he worked. He had to, he, he had, he was motivated. He had the passion in him and being drafted 199th in the sixth round, just with his motivation. And uh, absolutely, absolutely yeah. everything you said about him. I'm not a Brady fan, but what yeah, he I'm did, not either, but I know that he has become one of the biggest and greatest, greatest yeah. football players, yeah. you yeah. know, in history. He has yeah. seven championships and you yeah. don't just get that, you yeah. know, by being talented. There are a lot yeah. of quarterbacks who are probably way more talented Talented. than he is. However, um, this man should bottle bottle up his drive and sell it. He'd be a billionaire because that is how he got to where he is. It's his passion and his drive for the game that just, you know, made him focus and do the things that he does. So. Same with the late great Kobe Bryant. As a Pistons Absolutely. fan, I didn't like Kobe as a uh, mm-hmm. as a as a competitor, but yeah. as a basketball fan, he, the the guy was he was a workaholic and he yep. he was old school. He wanted to win, and it didn't matter if you were his friend or not. When you were on that court, just like Brady's on the football field, mm-hmm. you're you're going against him. And and uh, Kobe's like I said, him and, yeah. and Tom Brady, they are very similar in how they uh, became great athletes. Yeah, and it's it's sad. I, I I get sad talking about it, but I just feel like he knew he had to work that hard when he when he was doing that. Like, yes. you know, he he wasn't granted a very long time on this earth, no. so he had no time to waste. And I, I I'm sure he didn't you know predict his death at 41. But I'm just a spiritual person, and I just believe that subconsciously he had to be really focused to accomplish everything that he did in such a short time. He went from high school straight to the pros. So he had to be focused. He had no time to waste. He'd have time to party. If you're going to be a five time NBA champion, you know what I mean? That's true. So he was just super focused and, and and now we know why. That's true. Okay. My next question for you. Um, uh, what is your most member? I used to say favorite, but a lot of reporters I've talked to say it's hard to say favorite. So yeah. I've rewarded into what's your most memorable story you've done so far and maybe an interview you've done in your career so far. Okay. One of the most memorable interviews. Um, I interviewed the only woman in America to be released from death row. She was in the state of Mississippi when I was working there. And they thought she had killed her baby. Uh, I can't remember how old the baby was, but not even one years old. And they threw her in prison for the rest of her life. And then somehow her lawyers, you know, got the case overturned. And then she became an advocate for eliminating the death penalty. And she goes around the country um, talking about, you know, not putting people to death because there could be, you know, lots of innocent people like oh, she yes. was. Um, and so um, her name was Sabrina. It's been so long. I can't remember her last name, but if you Google it, I'm sure it'll come up. But she was, um, you know, seemed to be a really nice lady. And she just uh, would often talk about her experience. I think she was in prison about seven years or so. 
And then um, apparently the baby had some genetic disease that caused it to um, basically cause its death. She had a baby boy, but it looked like shaken baby syndrome from, you know, someone who's not an expert. You would think, oh, she shook the baby. He had bruises or whatever, but it turned out to be some genetic disease that the baby had. And that's what happened. Of course, there were still people in that small town who thought she did it. But if the state of Mississippi lets you off death row, then you probably did a good, good, a good job of proving that she was innocent. So that that has always um, stayed with me, that interview. And stories that I like. Well, when I was in Buffalo, um, I did a story. There were a couple of reporters. We did this series about um, this baby who was killed in a stroller by a drunk driver because the mother walked in the street uh, or on the side of the street instead of on the sidewalk. And she did that because the sidewalks were such in bad condition. The city had not um, repaired, updated the sidewalks. And in Buffalo with weather like that, every mm-hmm. winter, the concrete yeah. cracks from the, the swelling of the ice. And yes. then, you know, yep. come summer, concrete's cracked up because yep. ended in the winter and, and broke due to the cold. And so this was not a wealthy, well-to-do middle-class neighborhood. This happened to be on the east side of Buffalo, um, you know, where a lot of poor people live. So it looked like the city had been neglecting, you know, taking care of, um, you know, their responsibility to keep sidewalks and whatever else belongs to the city in good condition. So um, it became it became an issue. Of course, the city, you know, didn't really want to take responsibility for that. Um, but they ended up getting those sidewalks together. And I was pretty proud of, of my contribution to that. We were actually um, nominated for an Associated Press Award because that's the kind of work you want to do. You want to do work, or at least I do. I want to do work that um, impacts people's lives. You know, maybe that baby would still be alive if she was able to walk on the sidewalk and not getting, you know, she's pushing her stroller. Well, if the, if the sidewalk is buckled, you can't push a stroke. You can't push your stroller. So, you know, I guess the driver didn't see her. The baby ended up dying. So, um, yeah, those are the kind of stories that I want to be able to tell, bring attention to, you know, and now we don't have to hopefully see another mom who can't push her baby down the sidewalk because the city has neglected it for years. Unfortunately, too many cities, even in Canada, too, they uh, they're more reactive than proactive, and, right. and 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 everybody needs to be more proactive instead of reactive. Right, right, right. So you know that was a little you know sort of investigative kind of reporting that you know it paid off. We kind of followed the story until we got them to fix it, basically, because you know they don't want to be in the news for a seven month old dying in the street because the sidewalks were bad. And so oh, one other question I was going to ask you about that. Sure. Um, I guess sometimes these stories can get um, uh, emotionally uh, can be emotional for you as well. Um, Are I you kind of, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I have kind of learned to keep my emotions in check. That doesn't mean that I don't find these stories sad, but it's, it's my job almost to, maintain my um, my composure 
my objectivity and um, you know, just just tell the story, you know, make sure it's accurate, give them the facts. That's um, what my main goal is. But yes, you are bothered by a lot of the things that you have to cover and uncover uh, just to tell the story. So yeah, it, it can be a little emotionally draining, but I've been doing this uh, about a decade now. So I've gotten pretty good at you know, keeping myself together. And if I feel like it just gets too much, then I'll just, you know, make that known and say, hey, you know, can somebody else cover this story? Uh, you know, so we don't really do beats at my station. So I don't have to deal with the same topic every day. Okay. But, and, yeah. And what's a daily day like for a reporter at CBS 8 in San Diego? Um, A daily agenda would be to, you know, start it off with your editorial meeting. And that's where we come together with our managers, other reporters, producers, the web team. And we just kind of talk about what's happening in the world, what's happening in our city. We pitch stories and say, hey, I heard about this. And, you know, are you guys interested in doing this story? Um, it's fairly simple uh, for the most part. And then, you know, we get with our photographers and whomever else and or maybe we shoot it ourselves and we get our story. We get our video. Sometimes we're using files. Sometimes we have to go out and shoot. We do our interviews, which for the last year and a half due to the pandemic, a lot of them have been done via Zoom, which honestly is, is quite convenient and safer. So um, yeah, you just gather the elements that you're going to use, your video, your interviews, you do your research on the subject, write it all up and you know get ready to shoot it. Okay. Um, one question I wanted to ask you quickly. Um, Time-wise, how long do you get to do a story on TV? Like, uh, it depends on the producer, too. It depends on the show, for the most part. But um, I work nights, and I'm usually in the 10 o'clock show and the 11 o'clock. Um, we get about two minutes to tell our story, and that includes me fronting it, meaning presenting it. So I'm going to say, you know, hey, this is what's happening here. I talked to so-and-so and, you know, she said this and then they run the story. And then I come back at the end and, you know, wrap it up somehow and say, oh, okay, well, tomorrow they're having a meeting about that. Um, so that, that should take about 10 minutes, uh, two minutes, excuse me, or so to do for the most okay. part. But a, an actual story on average is about a minute and a half. Okay. All right. And I'm going to wrap this up. I'll, I'll try to, I got two questions I wanted to ask you. This one I kind of do with all my guests It's just kind of a uh, uh, favorite music. you have any hobbies or favorite restaurants in the San Diego area? Oh boy. Well, I've been stuck in the house in a pandemic um, for most of the time yep. here. So to be honest, I don't have a favorite hobby yet. We literally just in California officially opened the state three weeks ago, June 15th. I don't know how long ago that was, but a couple of okay. weeks ago couple where we could ago. go out of the house yeah. without a mask, if you're vaccinated and everything's open now to full capacity, like that literally just happened two weeks ago. So I honestly haven't been able to explore San Diego the way I wanted to. Okay. Um, so haven't been able to pick up any hobbies or places I like to go, you know, for fun necessarily, but I plan to <laughs> this summer. Okay, I definitely yeah. plan to this summer. Let's definitely. see. Um, I haven't been eating out a whole lot. Let me think. Are there any 
San Diego staples. I know there's a place I want to go. It's called Louisiana Purchase. If you like Creole kind of student, you may not know what that is. But anyway, um, I'm looking forward to trying that place. Um, it's a black owned restaurant where the food is just people rave about it when they come to this town. So um, it's like, I want to say a four star restaurant. And I'm looking forward to going to that. Okay. So that's it for San Diego so far. I haven't been there before, and I'm hoping one. I haven't even been on an airplane yet, so I'm hoping ah. one day uh, I can. Uh, I've been to the states lots, but uh, I haven't been to California yet. And I would like to one day go to San Diego for the restaurant, you uh, it's and beautiful. also, and I want to see a Padres game too. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yes, lots Taco of Padres. Padres. Yeah, lots of Padre fans here. Yeah, so that's yeah. on my bucket list when I can travel again. I'm hoping maybe for my 50th birthday, I'll be able to yeah. travel to California. So, because like I said, I've never been there and it would be nice to, to check it out. You should. The weather's always fairly good. Like it's got to be in the 70s right now. So it's always breezy. It's not hot and stuffy. I would come in the summer because we kind of get got a little June gloom. So you want to come when the sun's out. There's beautiful beaches here. I do know that. And um, yeah, you should definitely check it out. Does it get humid there? Like our summers here in Ontario are very humid. Very. No, that's what makes it so great. It's not humid. It's not a sticky heat at all. It's not even a dry heat. LA is really kind of dry, but San Diego, there's always like a breeze and some moisture in the air for oh, the most part. Like so it. it's, it's weather wise, it's really nice. Okay, and my last question for you, yeah. since you've been great enough to come on and give me extra time, mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. any sure. advice, not just for myself, but anyone watching later or listening on audio, uh, looking to pursue a career in broadcasting journalists. Just quick advice for anybody that's trying to get into this business. Uh, the number one thing I would say is to study the craft. I, I am amazed at how many people in the past have come to me and say, I want to be a news reporter. And I'm like, okay, do you watch the news? And they're like, no. Well, how, how are you going to know what is expected of you as a reporter, as a journalist, whether it's broadcasting or digital or whatever, if you don't watch the people who are doing what you say you want to do? So if you want to be a podcaster, what podcast are you watching? Are you watching the best of the best? You know, um, I personally don't really watch the news in San Diego. Because if I have ambitions and goals, then I'm going to watch where I'm trying to get. So, um, I mean, I'm here. We're peers here in San Diego. So, and not to say that you can't learn anything, but that's just my mentality. You know, if I want to be a national correspondent, if I want to work, you know, uh, for CBS News, or then I need to be watching CBS News to see what it is, you know, what it takes. So that would be the first thing um, that I would advise a person to do is study your craft work, be good at it and, and learn what you need to learn because nobody can ever take that away from you. If you skip the process, um, you may not be able to maintain it because you don't know what you're doing. So you will have to learn what you're doing at some point. I don't care who you know, who can put you on. Um, you, you need to know what you're doing. That's the only way the career would last. Study your craft and try and get better um, and learn from the people who are already doing what you're doing. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. I was going to say there's 10 million podcasts out there. I just kind of focus really, I'll be honest with you, on my own podcast, making it unique and making it my own 
and then just working on it every day instead of worrying about what other people's podcasts are doing. It's I'm not just, worrying, it's studying. Yeah. I said, study your craft. It's not worrying, it's, it's studying. There's a difference. And if you don't know what the people who are making millions of dollars are doing, then That's it doesn't true. matter how unique your, your podcast is. It may be too unique when nobody wants it. So you have to be careful about like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, watch other people. That's not really sound advice yeah. to me after doing this for 10 years. It's really good to watch other people who you admire and are good at what they do. And I'm not okay. saying mimic them. I'm saying study. study you don't okay. think Michael Jordan studied the men who came before him? Of course they did. Okay. Kobe Bryant studied Michael Jordan and, and so on and so on. And there's somebody studying LeBron right now. Like, yeah. You, you have to study. It's not worrying. It's, it's studying. studying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you for the advice. And, yes. and I do listen to a lot of talk radio. Yes, and, and that's exactly what I mean. Yes. Okay. No, I really appreciate it. I yes. should have worded it. I should, to it. Yes. And I do that. And, and, and I appreciate the advice. And every yeah. podcast I do, I learn something new or get some good advice from people. Yes. So I'll definitely, what you just told me there, I'm going to apply that even more. Yes, yes. And listen to your own podcast for studying. Yes. Go back and listen and like, oh, maybe I could have asked that a little different. Or what, like, you, you know, go back and say, oh, well, how could I like, you know, get the person to talk about this? Study your own stuff and study the people who are killing the game. And <laughs> you want to kill the game at some point. That's true. And I actually, yeah. I do that as soon as I'm uh, done with YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, I download the audio for my podcast to Anchor and all those other sites. And what I do yeah. is later on when I have downtime, I turn it on when I'm outside walking or doing something. I turn yeah. it on my phone and I listen to it. And I basically, okay, I did that. Okay, I did that good. That and didn't go so well. And 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 I, that is one thing I have been doing. It's the only way you can get better. Yes. The only way you can get better is to study your craft. That's what I mean. Study you, study the people who are doing what you want to do. Keyword study. Okay. And I'll keep that in mind. And uh, just before I let you go, yes. uh, can you just tell my audience where they can find you again on social media briefly? Sure. My name is LaMonica Peters. So you can find me on all social media platforms under that name. So on Twitter, I am at LaMonica Peters. On Instagram, I am at LaMonica Peters. And my Facebook page is LaMonica Peters News Personality. Okay. And I was going to say, thank you again for giving me You're the welcome, time today. Man. I really enjoyed talking to you. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe maybe in the future you might want to be able to come on again as a, a second-time guest maybe in the future. Sure. Yeah, and I'll come and argue with you about who's winning the championship that year or whatever. <laughs> it's okay. okay so before we go, who's your prediction for this year for the for NBA? The M- NBA? Yeah. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm putting uh, you on the spot. Who do you think is going to take it? We have Phoenix, who's already in, right? Yep, and then yep. we are still battling between Milwaukee, Milwaukee and, Atlanta. and Atlanta. I think the Bucks are going to come out of the East because Trey Young is hurt. I know uh, Glanis. The Greek freak is uh, not going to play tonight. Um, I still think the Bucks are going to get out of that series in seven. I think the Hawks are going to force the sevens game. So, mm-hmm. but you know what? I, I I'm gonna. My gut feeling is you can uh, book this in. Phoenix Suns win their first ever NBA championship this year. I would have to agree with you, Chris. Hey, I see, agree. we agree. Yeah, yeah. See, we can we we can agree on something. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think it's just. 
Chris Paul's year, I would be shocked if he didn't take advantage of this and do everything in his power because yes. he's like almost 40. He's 36. I don't know how long he has to be, you know, yes. in the industry. He's still, you know, he's in good still condition young. for the most part, but his, yes. his time is definitely winding down. So I just don't think there's a better time for him to take it than this year. Like, I feel like the basketball gods opened up the, the path for him is so easy with all of the really good teams injured and out of it. It's, it's his time. And one thing too, the Phoenix Suns uh, radio play-by-play guy, Al McCoy, has been yeah. doing the Suns game since 1972, since I was born. Wow. So you know what? I would actually be happy for a non-player to win because 49 yeah. years calling games, he's called yeah. games, I think, as long as Chuck Hearn or even longer than Oh, Chuck really? Hearn. Okay. Yeah. 1972. I was reading that up the other day. I'd like to read up and yeah. learn new things. And, and it's like, wow. So even though he's not a player, th- that's something I would like to see. Yeah. 49 years at yeah. one team and one profession. That's just amazing. So I'm it going is. with the Suns. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, we'll see. Next time we talk, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> Definitely. I was going to say, um, I'm going to let you go, but uh, yes. maybe I can send you one of my podcast shirts. I've actually learned how to make my own uh, shirts. I have a friend that makes my shirts and oh. I'm learning to market myself and brand Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. That's uh, great. See, that's, that's what I mean. Studying the game. Well, yep. I'm going to keep that in my mind. Every time I, I think of you, the word study is going to come right yes. up. Yes. So well, I'm glad I could be of service. Well, thank you so much. I, I want to say thank enjoy you, the rest Chris. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I uh, wish you and the, uh, your American family and friends uh, a Thank happy 4th you. of July. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have a wonderful day. You too. Take, we'll keep in touch on social media. Sure. Okay. Okay. Thanks, LaMonica. Take care. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, podcast today with LaMonica. Uh, from uh, CBS 8 in San Diego. She's a reporter. I want to say thank you so much to LaMonica Peters for coming on. She's a Lakers fan, so we didn't really agree with the Pistons and Lakers, but that's okay too. So as long as she's not a Cowboys fan, that's okay too. But even if she was, she was uh, really great. So I really appreciate that. And before I go, guys, I'm just going to say you can follow LaMonica on Twitter, at LaMonica Peters on Twitter, and she's on Facebook and Instagram as well. And before I go, guys, I'm just going to read some comments here. One second, guys. Uh, just one second. I got so much stuff on uh, my screen here. I have all these graphics and stuff like that. So uh, one second. I'm just going to read comments. Uh, I like to try to do that. And, yeah, no problem, Gary. How you doing? Yes. Uh, thank you for coming on, Gary. Awesome. Bring up the Pistons. Love it. Uh, Lakers versus Boston. Yeah, that was a great rivalry. Uh, Magic against Bird, yes. And then Gary, uh, you tell him LaMotica. Yeah, she's uh, great. I liked her, Gary. Thank you for uh, coming on. And then like and subscribe, yep. And then Stacy, hi. How you doing? Thank you for watching. And Mark Richardson, my number one fan who's been following me since I started this. Great guest, absolutely. I hope you can uh, check LaMonica out on social media. Uh, I think she's great. She uh, started out later as a reporter, what I'm trying to do with radio. And she had some really great advice for people and myself too. And I'm going to try to take it as well. So uh, anyways, guys, uh, I'm going to probably just show a little... Uh, before I go, guys, I got a little bit of time. I'm just going to show a little bit of um, a video clip of uh, some of her work. 
Okay, uh, just build about a minute of some of her work that she's done. This uh, uh, LaMonica's um, Peter's Clips, uh, courtesy of her uh, YouTube channel. One second, guys. And I'm just going to play it just for a minute and just some of her work was hurt so i talked to one of the guys who was in this pool at the time and he told me how he and another swimmer rushed to get the driver out of the car before it began to sink are you a seahawks fan are you an nfl fan what do you uh, think about the seahawks i am not a seahawks fan i am <laughs> what? not so wilson you're gonna fan. have to leave the show <laughs> don't hate me don't hate me five people actually hurt in this accident there are dozens of people standing outside of course they've been evacuated there's also a bunch of onlookers so if you you're wondering how your pizza will get to you still warm and in one piece? Here's your answer. This insulated hot bag. And I have a truck and I couldn't get through. Yeah, it was I just mean, too crazy. icy. It was insane. You drive yeah. a truck? I have a truck. Like, a, a, truck. Dually? like a dually? No, it's just a trailblazer, but I like it. <laughs> I like right. trucks. And they also want to let everybody else know that they're not just fighting for salary. They're fighting for better services for the students in the district. Police say shots rang out right here in this area. And then a short time later, this white car crashed into a tree. Someone was renting a, a shack in their backyard for a thousand dollars. It was really? a shack. It was like yeah. one of those little tiny yeah. shacks. Like, like it next was to like the a lawnmower? she shed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a she where shed. You, where, where you keep your lawnmower? It literally looked like that. Anyways, guys, that's just a little bit of her uh La Monica Peters work that she did with uh, uh, Como News in Seattle. She's been also with Buffalo and uh, in uh, Greenville, Mississippi as well. So anyways, uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate everybody watching today. Everyone that watches on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, thank you so much. And uh, let's see, I'm just going to put on my audio podcast right here. I'm just going to talk for two more minutes and then we'll call it a show. Uh, just one second. Uh, since I'm on here right now, my next 30 minutes live with CDP podcast, Monday, July 5th, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 on the West Coast. Guest is Kevin Allen, national column for Hockey Buzz and the Detroit Red Wings beat writer for the Detroit Hockey Now. Uh, Allen was previously U.S. Today's hockey writer for 34 years from 86 to 2019. He was also a beat writer for the Detroit Red Wings from 82 to 86. And when the Illages bought the Red Wings and when um, Steve Eisenman was drafted by the Wings fourth overall in 83 and um, when Jimmy Davilano took over. So I'm looking forward to talking to Kevin Allen about his long career as a journalist with USA Today Hockey and now what he's doing with Hockey Buzz and with the Detroit Hockey Now. Uh, he's one of the best guys, and he's won a Lester J. Uh, Patrick Award uh, for his contributions to the game of hockey in the United States. So I hope you guys can all tune tune into that show this Monday at 6 o'clock, uh, which is 3 o'clock uh, Eastern. So anyways, guys, uh, some other sports news before I wrap this up. Um, we got the NBA Eastern Conference Finals tonight, Game 6, Milwaukee and Atlanta. The Bucks lead the series three games to two and are one win away from reaching the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974. I do think they will reach the NBA Finals against Phoenix, but I think Atlanta is going to win Game 6 tonight and force the seventh game. So we'll see what happens there. And some other news, uh, Milwaukee Bucks star uh, Glennis, the Greek freak, is going to miss Game 6 versus Atlanta tonight, 8.30 tip-off on TNT, and it'll be on TV here in Ontario on most likely Sportsnet. And some other NBA news, LA Clippers, Patrick Beverly is going to be suspended one game next regular season for shoving Chris Paul in Game 6 uh, versus the Suns. 
And some baseball news, the Tampa Bay Rays take the Jays on today at Saline Field in Buffalo at 307. First pitch, if the Jays can win two in a row. And the Tigers take on the White Sox at Comerica Park at 410. We'll see if the Tigers can rebound after an 8-2 loss last night to Chicago. And the Tigers uh, rookie sensation, Casey Mize, only pitched three innings. And I'll have to find out why they only limited him to three innings. So, But anyways, and some other news, guys. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers' Trevor uh, Bauer by Major League Baseball officials have been placed on a seven-day administration leave uh, amid sexual assault allegations. And that's all I'll say about that. So hopefully they can get – we'll figure see what happens with those results. And before I go, Stanley Cup Finals last night, Tampa Bay 6, Montreal 3 at the Bell Center. 3,500 fans. Lightning are now up 3 nothing in the series. And one more win can repeat as Cup champions. First time since the 15-16 Penguins did it. And this would be Tampa Bay's third Stanley Cup championship in their history. And they won 4 They won 20. And now it looks like they're going to win 2021. So we'll see if Montreal can stave, stave off elimination uh, tomorrow night against Tampa Bay. And the last time the Canadians lost the Stanley Cup Finals was 1989 to the Calgary Flames, which is the last time Calgary won the Stanley Cup in 89. And that was the last Stanley Cup uh, final matchup that was all Canadian, uh, Calgary and Montreal. And Calgary won that in the Montreal form. So the last time the Stanley Cup was awarded by a visiting team in Montreal was 1989 against Calgary. So I thought I'd let you guys know that. So, all right, guys, uh, like I said, I'm going to wrap up this podcast, but uh, three podcasts this week, three great guests. And uh, I really appreciate Sarah coming on. And um, I guess today, uh, Lamaka Peters as well. So, And uh, yesterday I had Derek Wills from the Calgary Flames. So I want to say thank you to Sierra, Derek, and LaMonica for coming on my uh, podcast live with CDP podcast today. I hope you guys like the new name change, but from now on it's going to be called Live with CDP because most of my uh, podcasts are more than a half an hour. So, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to call it a show, but unless anybody else has anything to say, 30 Minutes Live with CDP Podcast. Audio Vision is on Google Podcast, Anchor FM, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and CastBox. And uh, I will download that audio shortly later tonight. So anyways, uh, like I said, guys, I'm going to call it a show. But uh, I just want to say again, thank you all for watching Live with CDP Podcast. And we'll see you Monday night at 6 p.m. Uh, three on the West Coast with Kevin Allen from Hockey Buzz and the Detroit Red Wings beat writer for Detroit Hockey Now. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend. And my U.S. friends, happy 4th of July.